The first KPI that I really recommend that you need to keep track of is I want you to keep track of the leads that come in from your marketing campaigns. So it's very important that not only are you tracking how many leads, but what campaign did the lead come from? Because campaign attribution is actually very important. You need to know what campaigns are performing better in getting you more leads and more qualified leads. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. You are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. And in today's episode, I am going to talk about what KPIs are most important to track for your business. You're probably wondering how many and what KPIs should I track? And it's up to you whether you want to track more KPIs, but I highly recommend that you don't overload yourself by tracking too many KPIs. And you're going to really see a theme that I love to keep KPI tracking very simple. And the reason is, is actually from personal experience. So when I got started with real estate investing, I didn't even track KPIs, didn't even know what KPIs were until a couple years into the business. But once I learned what they were, I started tracking everything. I mean, I was tracking like how many times I took a breath before I gave an offer to a seller. I mean, it was ridiculous. And what I found was that the more that I tracked, the less likely I was actually going to sit down and fill the Excel spreadsheet of all the KPIs because I made it too complicated and too time intensive. So over the years, I really scaled it down and I developed some key KPIs that I knew I can hold myself accountable to. They're not too hard to track and I can do it on a very regular basis. So I'm going to share with you what I feel is the most important and that you can get a lot of data from. So number one, the first KPI that I really recommend that you need to keep track of is I want you to keep track of the leads that come in from your marketing campaigns. So it's very important that not only are you tracking how many leads, but what campaign did the lead come from? Because campaign attribution is actually very important. You need to know what campaigns are performing better in getting you more leads and more qualified leads. So first start with what is the definition of a lead? So you want to make sure that you are defining your KPIs in a very clear cut way where there's no gray area. Where I find that a lot of people make mistakes is that there's a gray area in their definition. So listen carefully. If you are defining a lead in a subjective way, meaning that me, Lauren, might consider this person a lead, but over here, Bob might not consider the person a lead based off of my opinions, right? That is going to mess up your KPIs, especially if you have employees. So think about it. If you have four employees, they might define a lead differently. You want to avoid that. The way I avoided that for myself and for all of my students in my coaching program is I made the definition of a lead very, very easy and black and white. It's anybody who said yes to thinking about or considering selling their home or wants an offer for their home. Anybody that, you know, consider is considering selling. If they say yes, they're a lead. All they have to do is basically raise their hand and say they're interested in selling. I don't care if they're motivated. 
I don't care, you know, what their timeline is for selling. At this point, it's just anybody that is interested in selling is a lead. To me, that's about as black and white as it can get. There's no gray area in that definition. And now we're looking apples to apples with what a lead is and our, you know, the data that comes from counting our leads. Now, what can leads tell you? Um, and a very important metric that a lead you know, leads can tell you is leads per deal. So once you have a good deal flow, you can count and see how many leads, you know, does it take to get one deal? And from there, you can forecast how successful, you know, your marketing campaigns are going to be because you can adjust the number, you know, of what you're putting into your marketing campaign. So if you want to do more deals, and you know maybe you're spending $4000 in direct mail right now sending you know i don't know 8000 mail pieces a month i'm just throwing numbers out here you know that if you want to double your numbers you know you need to double the leads so you need to double your marketing so you know that's a very very important number so at the very least make sure you are tracking your leads um, but keep listening because i've got more for you to track the next kpi is offers made so this is my definition of an offer i define an offer as any time that we give pricing to a seller so that's not just in writing i mean any time that we verbally give pricing to a seller and that could be a price range if you prefer that kind of you know if it discussion with a seller where you first start them with a range which is what i do or just a straight price for their home if you give a verbal offer i count that as an offer you get a point so what i want to know by offers what's a really interesting metric for me to know is how many leads does it take for me to make an offer now If you are somebody who has employees doing this for you and you're seeing that it takes more than two leads to get an offer out, that's an indication that your employee is burning through leads. If you are doing that, that's an indication you're burning through leads. So it is my firm advice that every lead gets an offer. I don't care if they, you know, aren't expressing some sort of motivation. I don't care if they sound intimidating or mean or you're scared of the seller or the seller said they want market price. I don't care what price the seller said that they want for the home. They're still going to get an offer from you. So if I'm seeing that 50% of the leads come in, never get an offer, 50% is about normal because a lot of the leads, depending on your marketing source, if you are doing, say, cold calling or texting, a lot of those leads they kind of weren't that interested anyway and they were tire kickers and they'll never answer their phone again. And that's fine. That's not your fault that you couldn't make an offer because they didn't pick up the phone. And I found about 50%, you know, that come from in some kind of outbound sale method like cold calling or texting, they won't get back to you. And that's understandable. But if it's more than 50%, that's telling me that you or your employee is being picky and choosy about who they give offers to. And they're looking for either more motivation, um, low-hanging fruit, people that express that they're willing to take a discount. And you're going about it all wrong. Honestly, every seller should get an offer because you never know. They could be poker-facing you at that point. And they, you know, might be giving you some kind of response because they're just not going to like lay their cards out for you. So make sure, you know, that you're making as many offers as possible and that that leads per offer number is not getting too high. 
The next KPI is contracts. So what I really wanna know is how many contracts are you getting per deal you're closing? So I've heard, you know, average numbers that, you know, 50% of real estate transactions don't close because of title issues or, you know, issues with the inspection. You're always going to try to improve that. I, I think it should be better than 50%. But if you are looking even lower than 50%, that is telling me that you are tying properties under contract that really don't have a pulse and you don't understand pricing very well. You're probably tying up too many contracts and you are tying them up too high. And once they go into escrow and you're trying to sell them, they're not selling. And that's because you have them at too high of a price. You don't actually have a deal in front of you. So if you are you know, getting say four contracts to one deal, you need to go back to the drawing board and learn the pricing in that area and improve upon your offer pricing structure. If you are now perfect, like say you are one-to-one for every one contract you close that deal, that's actually not that great either. Let me tell you why. Contracts fall out from time to time and it's not really your fault. That's understandable. To me, that means that you're not taking enough shots. You're only tying like what you are. I mean, it's so obvious a deal. It's banging you in the head. But there are a lot that kind of fall in this middle gray area where you're not totally sure if it's a deal, but it might be. It might be for somebody. So in that situation, my team would lock it up, you know, because we know our area pretty well and we know what that gray area could be for us. So it's really important to sort of understand, you know, pricing in the area. You want to take a fair amount of shots. You want to take some risk, but you also don't want to take too much. So those are the four KPIs that I really, really recommend. Getting into the last one being deals. So deals, that's easy. It's how many deals did you close? Super easy, but that's kind of like, that is everything, right? You got your leads per deal. You've got your contracts per deal. Those are the important KPIs, those four leads, offers, contracts, and deals. Now, if you want to keep going with it, which you absolutely could, another KPI I love is ROI on marketing campaigns. That's return on investment. I also love return on investment on employees and I compare employees against each other with their ROIs. Another really good one is conversion timelines, like how long does it take for a lead to be a customer, meaning you got them under contract, and then how long does it take to close a deal and actually profit from them? Conversion is a really, really good number to track. But if you're just getting started, keep it simple, start with the four, and then go from there. Wholesaling can get really, really technical. And I, I do recommend if you are interested in learning more, uh, you need a good coach on your side. If you want to get started on your wholesaling journey, I want to help you. Go to www.virtualinvestingmastery.com and fill out an application today. Somebody will reach out to you and I cannot wait to have you a part of our tribe. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.